In this episode of Influencers, Elevest co-founder and CEO, Sally Krawcheck. The gender pay gap has slowly, not fast enough, but slowly been getting better. The gender wealth gap has been getting worse. When young women stop me on the street, they see an Elevest bag and, and thank me, the whole, like the whole thing is just, it just is, is just so worth it. The market is um, so often wrong, but is the best we've got. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Influencers. I'm Andy Serwer, and welcome to our guest, Sally Krawcheck, CEO and co-founder of the financial platform Elevis. Sally, great to see you. Hey, Andy, great to be here. Thanks for having me. So I think some people are familiar with Elevis, maybe not everybody. Um, it defines itself as a financial platform for women. What differentiates it, Sally, from other say, male-dominated platforms? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd say we're the number one financial platform for women uh, in numerous ways. There have been numerous marketing initiatives for women to encourage them to invest over the years. And Elevest is really the first that's truly engaged women with their money. Um, what is different? So much. This is not a, hey, you go, girl, let's invest together initiative. We change the product from the ground up we spent two years doing research on what would engage women with their money. And we built a bunch of what we would say are must-haves, such as an investing algorithm that knows she's a woman. That matters because she lives longer. She earns less. Her salary peaks sooner. She takes more career breaks. That information, getting that information from her is important. We then provide super bespoke investment portfolios that are built for each of her individual goals. And then we have things that she wants, like investing for impact. For women, it's truly important for them to at least understand what impact investing is and where their money is going. I want to drill down into the algorithm a little bit that you just mentioned, Sally, because it does account for, I guess, different outcomes or different um, paths that women take. There's pay gaps, career breaks, longer life expectancy. So, so how does that work for the algorithm in terms of what it provides for your customers? Yeah. Well, first of all, I would step back and say, like, we, we see it again and again in business and in our society that will say this is for everyone, when in fact it's based on research done with men, etc. So we all know you know, heart attacks, right? For years, women have died at heart attacks at too high a rate because the symptoms that doctors were looking for were those that men manifest. Crash dummies built in the image of men. And so I would argue that so much of the investing industry where, as you know, 98% of mutual fund dollars are managed by men and something like 99% of investment dollars are managed at companies majority owned by white men, that is they were building something that they thought this is for everybody, they did as we tend to do, build it for themselves. And so the investing was trading, buy low, sell high, the gamification of it. What we found at Elevest is that women are really looking to reach their goals. And so what we built was an investing algorithm that is 100% based around getting her to that goal in 70% of markets. For example, I wanna buy a house in five years. This is how Elevest helps her calculate. This is how much you can afford. 
this is what you need to input. That's what the investing algorithm does. There's enough, you know, and then I want to have a baby in X number of years. I want to retire in Y number of years. And so the inputs in the algorithm tend to say, oh, your salary is going to peak sooner, right? Oh, you've got a PhD in computer science and you're a middle manager in New York. Okay, this is what your wealth will look like over time, which is different from what a man's would be in a similar position. And so adjust the deposits she needs to make, adjust, you know, how, how much, the, you know, anyway, adjust. <laughs> right. right. There are differences and the algorithm accounts for that. And, and what about the model, Sally? There is a subscription model with different tiers. You've got one-on-one coaching on top of that. How, how did you come on? How did you decide to, to that model would work? And are there other sources of revenue? Well, it's so interesting because what we had to do is go in and say, what's out there doesn't work for her today. Um, uh, you and I and Andy have spoken about when a woman has a relation, you know, when she's married to a gentleman and he passes away, she tends to leave their joint financial advisor 80 plus percent of the time over the next year. When you look to fintechs, um, and particularly wealth techs, most of them, the majority of the folks who they're downloading are men. We are the one where it's it's 90% plus women who are doing the downloading. And so you have to start from a place of what is out there isn't working. Now I'm going to be open-minded. And what was such a really interesting um, discovery is during the pandemic, when we were still investing only, and we reached out to women, what 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 can we do for you? We stopped everything. We're just going to answer any money question you have. And we started to hear things like, I want help making more money at work. And my initial reaction, having grown up on traditional Wall Street is, well, that's ridiculous. That's not what financial companies do. And the team's like, let's try it. And all of a sudden it took off. Mm -hmm. And so as we moved away from being investing only and we're providing banking as well as money coaching, career coaching, and then for some women, private wealth advisors, we said, you know what, let's find a way to engage with her that is a fair exchange of value. Mm -hmm. um, and a finding that we had is that, under, you know, sort of basis points, which is how the industry traditionally charges, is opaque. Right? I mean, you know what a basis point is. I know what a basis point is. Most folks say, well, it's a basis point again, and how much are they charging, and is that fair, and does that feel right? Whereas five bucks a month or nine bucks a month, got it. Hmm. Got it. And so we found that it wasn't that she didn't, she stayed away when we did basis point pricing, but she her shoulders just went down when we went to dollar pricing because she could more easily assess that. Fascinating. And do you do other things like commissions on trades or payment for order flow? No, 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 no. You know, Annie, it's it's interesting. I I've spent a lot of years on Wall Street and we are building the company that we feel proud of, the one that we want our daughters and our sons to work at. And um, one thing that has kept, you know, Wall Street, I think, from g gaining as much trust as they would like is hidden fees. Um, and so we, you know, it's a it, it's a here, here you go, five bucks a month. Well, Wall Street is the king of hidden fees. I mean, look at the NYSE and how much it costs to trade a stock yeah. when we started out in the business and where that is now, for instance. And then now there's blockchain is the next 
beyond that. We can talk about that. What, what about this gender investing gap, though, that you talk about, Sally? What is that? And why yeah. is it hard to tackle? And, and what are you trying to do about yeah. that? Well, and it's part of the even bigger issue, which is the gender wealth gap. So, Annie, you know, you probably hear and talk about the gender pay gap and women make 82 cents to a white man's dollar and equal payday and it's slowly moving in the right direction. What we miss is, well, how much does she have? How much does she keep versus him? That's 32 cents to a white man's dollar. And for black women, it's a penny. And whereas the gender pay gap has slowly, not fast enough, but slowly been getting better, the gender wealth gap has been getting worse. One component of that, Andy, is the investing gap. That women, yeah, don't have as much money to invest as men, but even on a percent of their net worth, women keep a larger percent in cash. And so have missed out on the, you know, wealth compounds. And so they've missed out on that um, and more men have gotten more of that. And at the same time, she's got more student loan debt. She's got more credit card debt. So she's getting hit from the bad part of compounding where you buy the dress that cost a hundred bucks. And before you know it, you pay 200 bucks for it because of the interest rate, right? And so it's been, it's been widening. And one way that Elevest has approached this is absolutely, let's build the product for her. But the other thing we do is we do try to sort of open everyone's eyes that, hey, ladies, we're receiving some really damaging money messages out there. So, you know, for men, most of the articles and media directed them about money are about abundance and trading and buying low and selling high. And for women, it's, you know, 90% are negative meaning buy this size tie, not that size tie. Don't get the facial, don't buy the latte. Sort of like it's your, money is um, scarce and it's your fault. And nowhere does it say, do you see the systemic issue where you're not making as much money as the guys are and where we just had this pandemic where you had to step out of the workforce and when their childcare needs or elder care needs, it falls on you, but you better buy a smaller size tie, lady. You know, of course, she feels bad about money. And so what we're also working to do is that sense of loneliness she has, which is her number one or number two emotion around money, building that community. So she's got a place where she feels like she can learn and go with like-minded individuals as opposed to sort of the, um, oh, and I'm covered in jargon. What do I do? Right. Hey, I mentioned crypto and blockchain. Um, I don't think you guys are doing that right now why is that would you consider doing it yeah. um nfts and how do you decide whether to go in that or not yeah well first of all to be clear elevest um started and remains at its core an investing platform we're not a trading platform and if folks want to trade amazing and there are plenty of places that they can do it can crypto become part of a diversified investment portfolio i think it can there's definitely something there now you know whether it's you know which type of cryptocurrency it's going to be and choosing that and all that stuff remember you know you could have perfectly called that cars were going to take over all of our roads and all of our lives and still lost a lot of money by investing in the wrong car companies um, and so as with everything you know in investing diversification is a positive diversification some people have said is the one free lunch in investing. So we wouldn't, we're not for trading it. We, you know, can certainly see our way to investing in it. 
Right. A uh, skeptical question, Sally. A student of mine at Columbia, a young woman actually, uh, asked me about pink washing, as she characterized it, and specifically mentioned your firm and said, oh, isn't this uh, just a business where it's making women feel good by checking boxes and you can put money here, but it doesn't really do anything? Oh my gosh. So, so many thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, even if that was what we were, would that be so bad? Mm -hmm. um, because money is women's number one source of stress. You know what the number one driver of her confidence in her ability to achieve her future goals? Doing something about it. Opening an investing account, setting up a recurring deposit, opening a savings account, right? That action, that beginning to move towards financial wellness, I'm not talking financial independence, is a driver of confidence in her future. That very act takes a source of stress and turns it into a source of strength. But young lady, you have been socialized by this patriarchal society that for women is inferior. And, and by the way, there's plenty of evidence, right? Of the big pin and this is pink and this costs more and this whatever. Um, if you look at Elevest and what we are delivering in terms of investing, in terms of the career coaching and the money coaching and the private wealth advisors, um, the exchange of value uh, certainly feels quite, you know, very fair. And it is not just a, a marketing thing. We have rebuilt the product from the ground up. We have spent thousands of hours on this research. We are the only um, company, financial company out there built by women for women. But this is the shame. It's, it's how we've been socialized. We, you know, women can suffer from mm. misogyny, mm. right? There's no law. We're, we were brought up in the same society that you were. And we, including myself, when we picture a money manager, we picture a white man. When we picture a CEO, we picture a white man, right? Yep. Um, and we and then on top of that, because so many of these initiatives have been so patronizing, as have some of the investing initiatives that have come out pre Elevest, that's our, our short, you know, we, we have a shorthand and that's it. Got it. How's the business doing? Do you talk about assets under management, profitability, yeah. aiming to yeah. do an IPO, those kinds of things? Yeah, well, the upside's tremendous. I mean, you know, just tremendous and the brand love um just is like unlike anything i've seen um and they're not a lot of fintechs um whose brands andy evoke emotion and elevest is is one of them um so if you you look at our adv we've got about uh you know 1.4 1.5 billion of assets under management um we've got a hundred thousand plus um customers we've got a community that's three million plus um, we've got a cost of acquisition that's best in the industry. We've got, uh, you know, NPS scores that are really strong. I mean, all the indicators are good, which is why we've just raised a $53 million Series B um, financing round. Awesome. Congratulations on that. Yeah. Sounds like yeah. you guys are doing great. So you are a longstanding uh, Wall Street veteran, uh, ran a number of bulge bracket firms, and you had to deal with clients and they would ask you, Sally, what's the market doing? What's your view? Yeah. Yeah. So Sally, what's the market doing? What's your view? Are we really at this sort of sea change moment where the long decline in interest rates is over and we're looking at a long inflationary period? Nobody knows, you know that. 
God, you've been doing this long enough. You know, (laughs) you know, the market is um, so often wrong, but is the best we've got, right? The market is, um, you know, the points of view of traders upon traders upon traders upon portfolio managers upon individual investors upon mutual fund managers and it's the best view of of what is out there and what's going to happen um sure a recession's on the way i don't know when nobody knows when um sure you know inflation will go up at some point down at some point that's why a diversified portfolio is what matters because you know the number of active managers who correctly call this stuff consistently you and i you and i both know is is a is a tiny single digit percent. Um, and so we tell our women, you know, investing should be sort of boring. Actually, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be all about making the calls. Yeah, I understand you have a model that, you know, we don't pay attention to the markets necessarily. But are, are there things or developments that you are paying attention to, say, regulatory moves, politics, macro? Are there things that are changing your thinking? Well, look, I think it is difficult to be a woman who is spending her life working to get money in the hands of more women, therefore working to get more power to women and not watch um, what's going on in in state governments around this country um, and recognize how um, challenging those moves can be for women and for the financial well-being of women as well. Um, it is difficult to be a woman and see what happened during the pandemic and not be concerned for women. Um, Jessica Calarco, sociologist, um, said, you know, what we learned in the pandemic is the other countries have social safety nets and the U.S. has women. Um, it, there is a recognition that the progress that women made was built on pretty flimsy um, infrastructure. Um, and so, yeah, I, it's hard as a woman who who really sees that advancing women is a flat out positive getting more money in the hands of women there's nothing bad that happens nothing right the economy grows you know when women came into the workforce post-world war ii we had this massive boom well now women are being pulled back into the home when women have more money society moderates their families are better off nonprofits are better off Women tend to believe more in climate change than men do and are more willing to invest in it, more willing to invest for impact. And so as we watch women moving backwards, I mean, like, I can't believe we're talking about anything else. I, you know, so I, I'm very concerned about what's going on and Elvis is looking, you know, to play its role in this by being, you know, the financial company that really is developed for women rather than developed for men and women come on and, and give it a whirl. Got it. Yeah. And then there are all those statistics about countries led by women versus countries that are run by men. It's yeah. fascinating stuff. And look, I'm not saying, I'm not saying this gender is better than that mm-hmm. gender. What I will say is diversity is what's powerful. Right. Right. Diversity. And that, you know, I think we agree if we'd had more women in senior roles in Wall Street, more people of color, you know, you think the financial crisis would have been worse? Right. No. Right. Right. Yeah. If we had more women running yeah. governments, you think they're, you know, we'd, we'd have the wars we have? Right. Would we have more wars? Right. Don't think so. Don't think um, so. I want to ask you about you a little bit. 
Um, and wow, first of all, we have to do a full disclosure here because the two of us work together briefly, mm -hmm. right? But you're a recovered financial journalist. So you're a more well, evolved, you're a more evolved species, part of the species than I am, no doubt, right? Were you there when I, so I was a fortune intern in the 1980s. Were you there then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Um, but um, anyway, so you so you started you majored in journalism in college, right? I did. I did. Wanted and to be a business journalist, went to Wall Street because that's what that was the Silicon Valley of the day and thought I'd get back into journalism. And then I worked Time magazine in the business office the summer of business school and they wouldn't give me a job. Um, they gave the job to um, um, Tabe Geithner instead who ended up being it was the right choice i mean oh. feel like yeah yeah it, it was you it, would have been yeah. a right choice too so so when you went to wall street and and I, I don't know how many women were working there and especially as you started to move up the ranks there were no other women really at all right i was the senior woman in solomon brothers london when i was 26. Hmm. <laughs> Solomon Brothers too, like the liars poker. Oh, I had no idea what I was getting myself into for sure. Right? Did you ever? Did you know Michael Lewis back then? Was no, he, I think right. he was gone before I got there. Right. But like, we missed each other by months. Right. Right. Yeah. But so, what was that like, and what did you learn? I mean, this must have informed this whole process of going through Wall Street and rising to the very top. Must have really informed your thinking when it came to creating Elevest, right? Well, for sure. Look, the, the early years were horrible. There, there was no implicit bias. They just didn't want us there. It wasn't implicit. Well, there was no implicit like, bias. It was explicit bias. It was explicit. Like, get. I don't want you on my team. I don't. We, women. This is not for women. Let's. You know. Let's. I mean, just the stories I could tell. And look, I found my way. As you know, I went from Solomon Brothers. I ended up working at Sanford Bernstein. I, I managed to, without really understanding what I was doing, get to a place where I could shine. And it wasn't about getting on the right team and figuring out the office politics, it was about having the right research and research that would make people money. And from that, you know, working at the right companies and then being, as you know, very contrarian. I was negative when everybody in the industry was sort of told to be positive pre the internet bubble burst. I took Sanford Bernstein out of doing both research and investment banking because of the conflict. It hurt us until our business exploded. Um, when I ran Smith Barney, I was the only senior exec to partially reimburse clients for missile products during the subprime. So I've always sort of having become a research analyst, Andy, I've always sort of zigged when other people zagged and I've always been much more comfortable zigging. And so Elevest is essentially was born out of the, what are people looking right at, but they can't see? Right. And everybody's like, yeah, women don't invest as much. It's their fault. They're risk averse. And I'm like, maybe, maybe, but maybe there's another answer. And so that approaching things as a research analyst and a contrarian has been really important in my career. Let me switch back to Elvis because I realized I should have asked you this. So is Elvis more focused on older women who are um, mid-career and above? Or what about younger women? And wouldn't you want to Appeal yeah. Well, college to crypt, baby. College yeah. to crypt. We, you know, the I was just saying to the team today. You know what we're focused on? Women who are getting it done. Mm. That's who we're focused on. And so, yeah, you know, we've got from eighteen to a hundred plus. 
but these are women who, and we, we obviously adjust the offering, you know, for maybe your daughter, she might come in at a membership that's a few bucks a month. Whereas we've got private wealth advisors from, you know, the top private banks who are engaging with women who have millions of dollars to invest. And so, you know, we're, we're ambitious. We saw this need from college to crypt and we, we are filling that space. Yeah. Are you seeing this, you know, wave of investing in the meme stocks and, and young people getting in the markets is, are women a part of that or is that just a bro thing? It's pretty bro Um, It doesn't mean that there aren't women who were doing it. And we saw some sort of wash in and wash out of LFS last year because of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, look at, you know, we were looking at, again, the the downloads of the Apple apps, the fintech apps. It's it's mostly men who are. I think women are like, you know, I'm busy. You know, I'm overcoming the gender pay gap. You know, I have a ton more, you know, work in the home that I have to do. You know, the standards are higher. Right. You know, with the pandemic, I'm having issues with you. Like women aren't like, God, I have so much free time. I'm dying to invest in a meme stock. Um, women are, are like, I got, we're up to here. Yeah. Um, final question, Sally, this program is called Influencers. And I'm wondering if you've considered how you're using your influence now and how you might use it in the future. Yeah. Thank you for that question. Um, to try to use the experience that I uniquely have um, as one of just a handful of women who made it to the senior levels of Wall Street and the investing industry in order to improve lives of other women, and in particular, our daughters and nieces, that I am surprised it's not better um, at this stage and recognizing that money is power, recognizing that historically the eight to 15 minutes it would have taken an individual to open an account at a place like Elevast was probably the best return eight to 15 minutes they could spend because of getting their money to go to work for them. And so this is easily the most important thing I've done in my career. Um, and when young women stop me on the street, they see an LFS bag and, and thank me. The whole, like the whole thing is just, it just is, is just so worth it. Sally Krawcheck, CEO of LFS. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. You've been watching Influencers. I'm Andy Serwer. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Influencers. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Yahoo Finance on Twitter at Yahoo Finance and at Surworth.